Welcome. I'm Anastasia Glova, bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Full and edited versions of our podcasts are available on our website at www.cato.org. In what has been called a major policy shift after years of shutting talks with Iran, the United States has made an offer Wednesday to come to the table. Cato Vice President for Foreign Policy and Defense Studies, Ted Galen Carpenter, is here to walk us through the upcoming negotiations. Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice is in Vienna to speak with diplomats from Europe, China, and Russia. What kind of strategy can we expect from this multilateral effort? One hopes that the various powers come up with a strategy for inducing Iran to forego its ambitions to acquire nuclear weapons. The problem is that uh, the various uh, countries have different strategies for accomplishing that. Russia and China, for example, are adamantly opposed to even considering economic sanctions against Iran. The United States, on the other hand, is not only pushing the possibility of sanctions, but has emphasized that even the use of military force is an option that remains on the table. Why are China and Russia, particularly China, reluctant to impose sanctions if the talks fail? Russia and China both believe that sanctions would uh, either not work or, in fact, be counterproductive, driving the Iranian regime into greater isolation, making it even more determined to acquire a nuclear arsenal. Beyond that, both countries have significant economic stakes in Iran. Russia, in fact, has been actively involved in what is supposedly Iran's peaceful civilian nuclear program. China has lined up Iran as a major supplier of energy. So both Moscow and Beijing want to have a constructive, cooperative relationship with Iran, not drive Iran into a corner where a uh, conflict is likely. Iran's foreign minister has accepted the Bush administration's offer but refuses to suspend uranium enrichment activities as a precondition to talks, calling it a national right. How will this affect negotiations? The decision by the United States to initiate a dialogue with Iran is a modest, useful step in the right direction. But I believe that Washington made a major mistake in uh, having as a precondition that Iran give up its nuclear enrichment program. That really needs to be the first topic of discussion in the negotiations. And demanding that Iran preemptively surrender on what is one of the key points of dialogue uh, makes it uh, less likely that these negotiations will go forward. Does it seem to you then that the negotiations are dead on arrival? There's room for some compromise on both sides. Uh, the Iranians might eventually agree to a temporary suspension uh, if the United States is willing to broaden the talks. And I think ultimately the talks have to be broadened beyond just the issue of Iran giving up its quest for nuclear weapons. Iran is seeking a normal diplomatic and economic relationship with the United States. Tehran also wants a security guarantee from the U.S. that if it gives up its uh, desire to have nuclear weapons, then Washington will not contemplate the use of force to achieve regime change the way we did in Iraq. These topics have to be a part of the negotiations at some point if we're going to get a meaningful, stable settlement. Secretary Rice mentioned benefits if Iran makes the right choice and costs if it does not. What costs are we talking about here? 
Secretary Rice has emphasized again that economic sanctions are almost inevitable if uh, these negotiations fail. She believes that Russia and China are on board for a menu of sanctions. That remains to be seen. I think she may be overrating the degree of unity with Russia and China on that question. Beyond that, she again emphasized that the military option remains on the table, which would be a catastrophic course for the United States, but it certainly could be an outcome if these negotiations do not produce adequate results. What might be the consequences of a military action? If the United States attacks Iran, uh, there are likely to be a number of adverse consequences. Uh, Iran has ties to Hezbollah and other terrorist organizations. They could be urged to attack American targets both overseas and in the United States. Iran certainly could make life even more difficult for the American occupation force in Iraq than it is already. And beyond that, I think this would have terrible consequences for America's already badly tarnished reputation in the Muslim world. I suspect there wouldn't be a Muslim from Morocco to Manila who would not believe that the United States was out to destroy their religion and their civilization if we attack yet another Muslim country. This has been Cato Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening.